For two plus decades now, Blue October has been stirring audiences. We've watched, followed, and loved them from the early beginnings of Hate Me to whatever they show us tomorrow. We bleed blue, and many of us have used that blue blood and this amazing music to get through our own experiences. It's always been there. Welcome to Just Sway, the Blue Experience, where your host, Lucas Peterson, takes on and shares everything Blue October. Let's Just Sway. Something Blue October fans have been looking forward to for a long time is the documentary Get Back Up. Now, it's gone through a few different names, of course. I think it was originally scheduled to be called I Want It. At least that was one of the trailers I saw. But it's officially going to be called Get Back Up. I, myself, was (laughs) lucky enough to see it last week at a special screening. And I saw it with a theater, a small theater, with a big group of people. I don't know how many people were there. But I saw it with my friend Jason McGuire. And Jason is here, and we're going to talk all about the documentary in this special episode of Just Sway. So welcome, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that we have this opportunity to sit down and talk about this. We have to, as well, kind of throw out the addendum. Yeah, that we're sitting here talking at a McDonald's in beautiful Texas. But So if you hear some ice machines or some air dryers, (laughs) French fryer going on, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, let's kind of talk about, let's just dive right in, man. You and I sat down, we talked about doing this just a couple days ago, and a lot of it came out because me personally, I've had a number of people questioning me about, you know, they've seen that that we were at that, you know, it's been on our social media pages and things, Um, and I've gotten, uh, I don't even remember, I, I know at least four, I think, different people who've actually asked me, not including people texting me the day that we were there mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, asking me about it you know any info I can give out when it's going to be released and all that kind of stuff and did they do this did they do that I'd be really upset if they didn't do that just questions and questions and questions let's let's start off by saying this has been like six years yeah they, they've they've announced this up to six years ago um, and they actually had a Kickstarter program for it where uh, people gave money really like you know they they gave money to help fund this documentary and six years later we're still putting it together or they're still putting it together however you want to word that uh so people have been asking about that like hey what's going on with this documentary is it ever going to make it out and justin has always talked about it's still coming it's still coming it's still coming it's still coming so you and i talked about this and said hey let's let's just kind of put out our little bit of information about this so whenever we we can hear stuff again, that's okay. So, so whatever we, so whatever we do know, we can actually put out there, right? Um, I don't want anybody to think that this is going to be a complete play-by-play rundown no. of the documentary. There are plenty of things in there that you will learn if you go see it, uh, and we're not going to tell you all those things because we want you to go see it so you can experience it the way we did. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, we were talking beforehand before we started recording here, but. That's one of the things we want to keep in mind is we, we don't want to give any way or give away any of the kind of spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, it's weird to say that about a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and especially about Justin and this band because he is so public. He's been very he, he's, public. He's very public about what he wants to be public about. Well, that's, that's I, I mean, I guess you could say that about anybody that's public. 
Well, they do hide some things. Well, I don't want to say he's hiding it, but there are there are obviously things in his life that he has been less forthcoming about. Sure, and I think that this documentary will, for people who have not been on the whole ride, will have some eye opening stuff because there are those. You we just had this the 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 train right. Mm -hmm. People who have just gotten on the train, the happy train, right? Yeah, who don't know all that Mm -hmm. that the documentary really will bring out. Uh, so I think that there there will be plenty of eye-opening things for people who do want to know more. And I, I, we, we also talked about this. I want to be clear. This is about Justin. This is not a documentary about Blue October. It's about Justin Furstenfeld, who is a member of Blue October, and how his life has impacted the band. Correct. Okay? So I don't want people going in there and be like, oh, this is going to teach me all about Blue October. It's going to tell me what the name means. It's going to tell me where they came from and yeah. their album discography. No, it has nothing to do with that stuff. It has to do with Justin. I found it really interesting seeing those really old pictures. I, I love that. I right? lo- I I've seen a lot of those. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of those old pictures before, you know, floating around the internet and things like that. So, it was, But it was, there were some definite ones that I thought were really funny, like when he was real little. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those, those were really cool. And the, uh, the interviews that they had with his mom, you know, and his dad in there, which I don't know if I've ever really heard his mom talk. Not like I've looked for stuff with his mom talking. I know she's obviously she's in the, the hate, hate me, me yeah. the song. She's in the audio because she had left the message. Yeah. But that's a recorded message. You get a little distortion there. You know, he used that. Okay, great. First, well, you know, she's in that video too, the hate me video. Yes, that's her yeah. in the video. Yeah, that's her in the video. I remember that. But again, you know, that's not. I learned that through pop up videos. That was the very first. That goes back <laughs> to that very. That, that, yeah, very, that the, was that. That was the one. I I, right. I remember seeing that, that. This is really Justin's mom. Justin yeah. wore this belt buckle. He said he hated. It. Like yeah. I learned this like random stuff about a band I'd never heard of. But that was cool. Yeah. Like, and, and then you you didn't get just. Justin little pictures yeah. you got Justin and Jeremy yeah. and then they went into more of that relationship which I thought was really really cool yeah. and further on down in the movie you find out some stuff that yeah. happened yeah. with their relationship that was um, tough pretty dark yeah it's tough very yeah. dark yeah. and that that was another thing that was really cool too and touch on this for a second is as emotional and giving as Justin Furstenfeld is I don't know if I've ever really seen him the dark choke side. up. Oh, no, Justin. I've seen the dark side. No um, doubt. If you've if you've got enough open books, but I've I went to the open books later. I, I've been to a lot of them, right? Okay, I, I went to when they first started, and then he was getting more. And let me. This would be two part answer, right? Okay, yeah, so yes, answer that. Yes, uh, it's it's changed a little bit. It was very interesting for me to see from the inside because we we've heard a lot of the stories, right? We've heard about. Uh, for example, in the documentary, they talk about the whole Black Orchid instance when he was with his first band in high school, yes. right? And then how they had the parent meeting. Yeah. And But we heard it from a different standpoint. We heard it from mom and dad's point of view. Mm-hmm. We've heard that from Justin Justin's. talking about, fuck your couch and fuck your lamp. Yeah. And, and he's joking boom, when he says it. You know, in and, the open and I walk in here like, I'm, yeah. you know, I got my posse. You know, <laughs> Three deep. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> so, so we've heard that story, but yeah. we hear it from a much different standpoint than we hear from mom and dad who are like, oh, shit, there's something wrong with my kid. Yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I like that. And I guess where the second part of my answer came from is when you hear that as a fan, you're like, oh, I know this story. You know, Justin was at a show, and he said, hey, guys, I want to play my music. And then the next day he thinks he's getting signed, and mom and dad and everybody's coming together. And then they find out that they don't like him to be in this. Like, we heard it from a different story, right, a different 
point of view. We heard it from Justin thinking he's going to be a rock star and he's cool and mom and dad's got his back to mom and dad like what's going on? Like, yeah. What do we we, we got to help him out. So it was interesting to see that. And I do think that those stories have grown and morphed and become a story. Not that they don't have a basis in what really happened, mm-hmm. but I think it became more of a story. And I think that that story has been told over and over and over again, just like with any story that gets told over and over again, the, the edges get knocked off. You know, there some, some things might get uh, embellished or softened or changed for, you know, dramatic effect. Sure. Um, uh, you know, the whole fuck your couch. I don't know if people, some people know that, some people don't about like, you know, knocking over lamps. Yeah. And, or no, it's fuck your lamp is what it was. Well, yeah, he said his mom got up and yeah, was and like, knocked the lamp your up. lamp. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking of the Eddie Murphy in, on the couch at Prince's house or whatever. whatever yeah. Prince I don't remember there. a couch being talked about. <laughs> yeah, but. No, it's fuck your couch is an Eddie Murphy thing. Okay. It was a fuck your lamp. Uh, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like that story has become much different than what it originally was. And, I have seen the open book where, in or like the first open books, right? And it's Justin up there, and it was him trying to tell a story for the first couple times, maybe not the hundredth time or whatever, and him trying to come out. And, and there's like these words and senses, and you know, uh, Sarah. We saw Sarah in, in the that documentary, was, yeah, and her that talking part. about yeah. that. But then him saying, you know, my wife came to me, and she said people don't grieve like this. They don't do this. And that story has changed a little bit over time. So I, I have seen him like that. But for me, it was more about seeing it from that other side, right? The mm-hmm. other person's side, not him telling their side, but them telling their own side of the documentary and then what really happened for them. So I think that part of it would, is going to be big for a lot of people who want to see how that, how that changed him and how he changing affects Blue October. Correct, because we got all the band members. Well, minus maybe Julian and well, Piper. Uh, we so didn't get those two. We don't have Will, right? Well, Will didn't talk about it, yeah. Will wasn't he wasn't in part there at all. Of yeah, yeah, no. He wasn't there. So let's talk about this for a minute. So the documentary has been six years in the making, but it was a six-year period of predominantly the band as we know them with CB. Mm-hmm. There was that uh, the Any Man in America part of that where Julian Mandrake was in there but he's not in the documentary at all. CB is in the documentary. That was one of the very specific questions that was asked about uh, of me is if he was in there because he needed to be there. I agree. We did see Justin um, kind of cheering and whatnot when CB came on. So they're, they're Well, you did. You were right behind him. Yes, I was. You, well, <laughs> maybe you should say that. Like, so we so saw you, the theater. We, so so let me, let's back this up. So, yeah. so this how this screen came about is there's the Dallas International Film Festival, and it was just a bunch of films being screened. Throughout the Dallas area. Yes, different venues. And and there's a time frame here. Yes. And it's then, not all one night. Yeah. And... I'm going to just say it. I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And it you got a message from another Keeve. fan from Keeve. And Credit Keeve. Thank you. And, and, and then you instantly turned around and then messaged me. Yep. And was like, hey, and do like, you, know, hey, about you know about this? So <laughs> I went and looked. I'm like, no, I didn't. So I showed it to my wife. And she's like, okay, we'll go. Yeah. And then 20 minutes later, Keeve messaged me and said, hey, you're going to go with this. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, actually, I am going. And... When I went to look, it's it's um it's at the uh, Studio Movie Grill. So it's if if you ever been to one of those movie theaters that has the reclining seats and like the little tray that comes out, it's kind of kind of weight nice. service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice. Like I've been to them before, so it, it's nice. But it's all assigned seating, 
And I'm real picky about when I go to movies. I like to be three rows back of the middle break in the dead center. That's audio file me. Jason likes to be right there because that's the best sound. Um, when we went, those seats were taken. And when you booked, there was back row pretty much or all the way up front. Right? Yeah, and I didn't want to sit up front. And I did find out, and if you looked, all those seats in the middle were reserved. Okay, they well, had, which makes sense. They had signs on for, right? for who was there. So yeah. so you opted to sit in the very back row. Yep. And I opted to sit all the way up towards the front. I got really kind of lucky. I sit directly behind Justin. Yeah. Like, I, his seat was right in front of me. Actually, Paul was directly in front of me. The, the seats were kind of offset, but like Paul was directly in front of me, and Justin was right next to it. Paul, who's the, the manager. manager. Yeah, and, the then, and then Ryan was next to him. Yep. So I was literally like right in the middle of the theater, directly behind them. But yeah, like I just got lucky to pick those seats. Yeah, right. I didn't know they were, nobody knew they were going to be there. Right? I didn't know they were going to be there. You didn't know they were going to be there. They, there was no, there was nothing about this. There was like I didn't see any fanfare, and I put it up on my Facebook page, and I shared it, and a couple people liked it or whatever, and but there wasn't a whole lot to it, and it wasn't selling out super fast. No, I know exactly. I had the same sentiment. I thought as soon as I went and bought the tickets, and then yeah. I was like. I'm going to check this, you know, a couple hours later. I even checked it a couple days later. And I was checked still it the day of, seats. and the day of, there's two seats available. No way. One of them was a, an actual handicap seat. Okay. And one of them was the handicap location for a wheelchair. Those okay. were the only two. So technically, let's call it a sellout, yeah. right? Because I think it's a percentage, like 98% sellout. Sure. So it did sell out from that standpoint. And I'm not even sure how many actual seats would have been there. Maybe 100? I don't even know if there would have been that many. Well, I do know that there was a very large portion of seats. There was those ones in front of me were saved for Nori and his family and the blue October. I'm using air quotes family of yeah. people because Angel was there and Ryan was there and Justin was there and the production people who actually helped with the documentary were in amongst. Yeah, but there was a section behind me as well, in front of you, behind me, mm-hmm. that was also reserved. Yeah. So I don't know if those were for the, I'm going to call them DIFF, the Dallas International Film. Those might have been people that had like the passes for the whole it show. Could be. Or something like that. Yeah. Like them might have been reserved. I'm not sure either. It was very limited. It didn't seem like a lot of people knew about it. And it, I'm glad it was in Dallas, right? I'm yeah, glad, right. I'm glad we got the opportunity to see it. Ten minutes from where I live. <laughs> right. A little farther for you, but yeah, not yeah. too like bad. You, you could have like falling out of bed and rolled there kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean it was cool it was there and then i started seeing pictures of justin with nori and paul right and, before and they it were started. live streaming yeah. and stuff yeah. and even that was a little weird because they weren't there correct they were in a non-disclosed location with a backdrop yeah <laughs> and then you know i that's when i started thinking they're gonna show up yeah Chris was like, no, they're probably screening other films. I'm like, why would they drive all the way from, you know, San Marcos or Austin, whatever you want to call it, all the way up to Dallas to screen other films when their film's coming out? Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, when they brought us in, uh, by then we knew. We, you know, we saw them. Yeah. yeah, we saw We were them. in line to get in, and yeah. here comes Justin, Paul, yeah. and then Nori, who I didn't know. I, I knew who Nori was. Like, I had not met him, but okay. obviously I, I knew who he was because I had contact information and stuff like that from other things. And I had done my research because I thought Nori was a woman. That just when I first got the name, right? Well, sure. Nori Nevis, I thought it was a girl. So I looked it up and it, family man and all this. And then I saw who he was and he's very distinct. He kind of reminds me of a younger uh, uh, guy from Up. 
Okay. Yeah. With the glasses and the, yeah, and the yeah. eyebrows, no, the white I, hair. I you know that. what I mean? He kind of yeah. reminds me of that guy a little bit. He, kind of like a Harry Carey, if you know who Harry Carey is. Yeah, just <laughs> not as thick of glasses. Yeah, yeah that's what he reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he seemed very personable. Yeah, very um, nice guy. Th- the cool part uh, as well, and we're jumping way ahead, uh, was that after the screening of yeah. the documentary, which is exactly what we saw. So that's an- another question that you've been asked is, oh, have you seen the documentary? And yes. technically, we haven't seen the documentary. And this is what I'm getting to is, Nori said, and it's Justin, a work in progress. Correct, yeah, it's yeah, a work yeah. in progress. Justin got a copy of it the night before or two nights before and watched it, and it had even changed yeah. from that time until the time they screened it to us. And Nori was very adamant in that this is not done. Yeah, there's still uh, work. it's oh, a work in progress. Correct, it's a I, work in I, progress. I, just as a technical aspect, I saw a couple things. That, like I saw a little glitch or something yeah. else in that. Yep. The, and they, they're saying it still needs some color, color correction. Which was, oh, okay. They're still working on the soundtrack. Yes. And some things like that. So some of that was changing. But I can understand that, you know, just in, in this show and the other podcast that I had, yeah. when you start to work on these, you know, the other one was easier because it was just straight interview, kind of like this episode's going to yeah. be. But when you start to produce things and you start to add oh, things yeah. in or you're pulling things in different elements or then you're adding in narration or oh, music. Yeah. Music. You, and, oh, yeah. It becomes this whole craft and it's a, such a different product. And now uh, you add in video, which is actually something somebody asked me the other day is why I didn't do this show as a YouTube. And I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like yeah, they need mini hard. documentaries. As, as somebody who's done video, <laughs> you know? it's tough. Um, one of the things they said they had to do the color correction. They said that when they started this, it was a documentary and it became something so much more. Yeah. Um, yep. And one of the things that struck me, and again, this is some somebody who's done video editing and stuff like that. It's hard to pull all that kind of video. It's all different formats, different resolutions, different yes. res- quality yep. from and, and, years. Yeah, yeah, and trying to and, and trying to to cobble that together. Yeah. and not make it look like a bunch of YouTube videos stuck together. Correct. <laughs> you know, and w- they got lucky. Uh, you know, well, we can talk about this. I think this is not a spoiler. I think a lot of the interviews were around probably two thousand four, two thousand five. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry, 2014, yeah, 2015. Say, Man, that'd be time. way, yeah. way before all this um, stuff. Because if look at look at Justin with the beard. Justin had the beard. Big beard. Yeah, yeah. Big beard Justin. Uh, CB was there. Yes. Uh, so we're, we're talking Sway, period. Right after. Because, yeah. Ju- yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, CB yeah. did yeah. talk about leaving yeah. the band. Yeah, yeah. So it was right around that period of time. Paul is ageless. I mean, he always looks yeah, the same. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know that people know who Swin is, and so they'll get to see him in the video, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the documentary. Other than Justin's parents, mom and dad, and the immediate five guys of that era, Blue October, there's not a whole lot of people in the video. Like, We've got Sarah. Sarah's in it. Which, again, that's, that was another really cool thing. I thought that was awesome how they... Sarah's in it? She, she needed yeah. to be Well, in this she story. plays a huge role because Correct. of the story as it unfolds in, in her role and all that. Yeah, uh, and you meet basically Justin's two managers. There were some people missing that I thought were odd to be missing. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but the, he did mention Alan at one point. I did hear Alan. that. Yep. I, I don't know why that was chosen that way. Uh, I just knew Alan's a very integral part of the band during that period of their time. Uh, he was their road manager. He's he's mentioned but not in it. Okay. Again, I want I want to point out this is about Justin. This is Justin's story mm-hmm. of his getting back up period. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. 
it's not a Blue October documentary. It's a Justin Furstenfeld documentary. Correct. <laughs> um, I, I really liked it. I, I really did. Um, obviously, I knew a lot of, of, of it. Yeah. You know, I, I knew a lot of the story, and I knew a lot of that. I, like I said earlier, I think it was really interesting hearing it from first person, from the person people involved, mom, mm-hmm. dad, management, other band members, and not a story of that interaction from Justin. I think that people tend to paint little better pictures of themselves when they're telling stories from from a different point of view. And I think hearing the emotion that people will see from the band members and from mom and dad paints a much different picture. Sure. Of that of of what especially was Jeremy. Jeremy, I didn't even realize it was that bad. Uh, yeah, I I, I knew did. things were bad. You knew more than I, me. I knew things were bad. I I knew from a different side of the story, though. We all know that Justin has had has fought drugs and mental illness, right? Seeing that and hearing that from that person who doesn't think they have that bad of a problem is much different than the people on the other side of that. Yes. Talking about that. I grew up in a house where there are issues. You would never hear somebody say, I have a drug problem. I'm a horrible person to be around. I do all these bad things. What you'll hear is that person defending themselves, that person. I had a friend of mine who, who who's unfortunately has passed now who was a horrible drug addict. He swore up and down he wasn't a drug addict. He was persecuted. Everybody was always out to get him, that kind of thing. And he never realized how much of a strain he put on me as a friend needing my help, borrowing money, places to stay, things like that. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to let that friendship go and be okay with that that I saw me, saw how bad it really was. Yeah. So you'll learn some of that kind of stuff in the documentary, too, is from the other band members, how close Blue October came to not being. Yeah. And, then I mean, Matt said that exactly. Yes. You know, there, there's another one that you don't hear a lot of. Uh, you haven't heard a lot from Matt. And actually, there was just a recent really, really, really good interview with him, which maybe I can go back and try to share uh, to the Facebook page because I think a- anyone who's a fan of Justin or Blue October would really enjoy watching the interview with Matt. But watching him in the documentary, and he's so straightforward. Yeah. He was very much like, yep, we partied. We all partied. And then it became something so different. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's like that. You know, it's one of those things, too, that we all look at our family, our friends, and we're like, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, there's there's a scene in there with Paul, and you know probably what I'm talking about. He's like, you know, like, how did I not see that kind of thing? And, and we tend not to see things uh, up close. Yeah. Right? We need to be able to step back a little bit to be able to see a big picture kind of thing sometimes. And I think that this is really kind of cool to see that. Part of what makes this cool is if you go back, there are interviews you can find on YouTube and things like that um, with Justin and Jeremy particularly talking about mental illness back I, in the day. I do remember that. Yeah, I have I, seen that when they were in England or Germany or something. They were somewhere and it was about? like Justin in that big warehouse yes, and he's like smoking a cigarette half, with the gloves. Yes, and, gloves, and, and, yes. And, yes. And, 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 and Jeremy's talking about like my brother's bipolar and, you know, in that. And so you see that interview and you see that relationship between those two. And then you watch this documentary. Yeah. There's a mob. It, it seems, yeah, right. <laughs> it seems much different, their brotherhood, that that feeling 
is so different where it was like big brother sticking up for little brother and he, my brother don't pick on him. He's got mental illness issues. And then we're seeing this different side of him almost like my little brother's picking on me. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, in in the emotion that 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 brought forward was was really really hard from seeing the other one where he was really sticking up for his brother right yeah and you're one of the things i was mentioning or kind of touching on and i didn't say it i was trying to get to the the fact that the i think the interviews were done obviously they were done in different time frames talked yeah. to different people yeah. we saw different uh areas of justin but exactly what you're talking about was when they interviewed Justin, and maybe it was at Updown Studios. It was at a studio because he's sitting there. He's surrounded by the mics and the guitars and whatnot, and he's talking about exactly that. And you see him get incredibly emotional. That's what I was kind of touching on in in that I don't know if I've ever seen him. Even in – and the other part he talked about, which we won't touch on because I I think that needs to be seen by anybody who watches this firsthand. But he touched – you know, he – Getting touched, or I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want three cheeseburgers. Somebody, something. I don't know. If you understand Spanish, maybe. <laughs> but my point was that in seeing him get so emotional and so touched by it, and you're like, "Wow!" Yeah, you know. And I wanted to dispel myth real quick. Justin Furstenfeld is a living, breathing person. He's a real guy. Correct. He's not. He's <laughs> like he. And, and I'm not. And he's a. And I'm not guy. saying this to you. I'm, I'm saying I this know. to the to the global listening. Uh, they they are real people with real emotions, and we put them under this microscope. Right. Yeah. But what you're saying is, yeah, you know, he does have that emotion. He just didn't necessarily give it out well in the interview you were referencing earlier where i think they were in germany or the uk or yeah, something, something he flat out says in that interview and it's him and jeremy and yeah. i don't know when that interview took yeah. place whether it was post sobriety or pre sobriety which is kind of a weird term with him but it, it's it's kind of one of those things we've we as fans we've all mm-hmm. kind of come to <laughs> old jess and new jess correct Happy however you want to say it um <laughs> He did get emotional in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And when he touches on, he's like, well, this band exists for – people think, oh, this band is great. You get to go out and make this music. And he does the kind of head yeah. spinning. He's like, well, <laughs> no, this this band is for – like basically for me, for my outlet because without yeah. it – Well, there's also the, the Any Boy Burns Pride, I think it might have been, or whatever, that that really old one where he's like with the chalk on the ground in the beginning. Oh, the young yes. Justin yes. One, and he's like yeah. talking about how... The lyrics like, from Ugly Side. Yeah, and he's talking about like, oh, these are poems and I thought maybe I could put them in music and other people could listen to them. So there is always, there's also that interview kind of referenced in, in, in this and then there's the other interview. If, if you search stuff on YouTube, there's a lot of different things. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've seen the bus tours and stuff and Justin kind oh, of yeah, talks yeah. about I've bus seen tours. some of those videos. There's a lot of stuff out there that you can get kind of an insight into it, but this is kind of like a repository of a lot of that. Yeah. But also I feel it's it's a bit of truth coming out. Well, you make the best point possible, I think, I- earlier in that viewing it, we got the other side of these yeah. stories yeah. in the other effects. And what do you think it was like for him? And uh, obviously he screened it at home first. He, he saw told it. me, right? Because I, I got the opportunity to talk to him a little bit personally. Yeah. And... We, you said I chased him out, but I didn't. No, uh, we, got, <laughs> we, we, we had the opportunity yeah. to have a private conversation, um, and I said, "How you doing, man?" He's like, "I'm scared." Yeah, and I said, "Dude, why are you scared? Everybody's here to see you. Everybody's here to 
because of you. And he's like, yeah, this is this is brutal. He yeah. said, this is brutal. That's what he said to me pri- privately, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're having this conversation. I said, like, why are you scared? He's like, this is going to be brutal, man. He's like, I saw this, and it's it, it, it's 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 hard. It's tough. It's hard stuff that is going to be out there. And I had to, personally, I had to take that back for a second and think about that. If I were to take all my demons, stuff I I can talk about to you personally and whatnot, and, or my wife, my family, and I would have to put that out there for everybody to see. Imagine taking your darkest secret and being able to say, look, guys, I'm a fuck up. I am this horrible dirtbag person that screwed everybody over. And I now have to atone for that. I have to sit down and watch this with those people I screwed over. I kind of got it. When he first said to me, yeah. like, dude, why do you care? Like, you, you're you're a rock star. People here, they love you. You could come out there and say, I took a dump on the Mona Lisa and nobody's going to care, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but the reality is, it's not about that. It's about being brutally honest and having everybody says, Oh, Justin comes out and he's brutally honest in his lyrics. And he, he puts it out there in his emotions. He gave you what he wanted to give you. Right. I'm not going to give away my secrets unless I want to. And this, he just kind of did like everybody said, you know, I'm an open book, you know, no, you're not. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. And, but in this, there is a lot more in depth and from the other people who are able to see it. Yes. So that, so that it, it's a much different perspective. There was something, oh, this is going back to your, your podcast number four, right? Uh, about the spiritual thing and about Justin having this and then people coming to him and wondering if people look at him oh, what as John almost like a messiah type yeah, thing. Yeah. Yep. And, but he, he does reference that, right? I'm an automatic steeple for depressed and lonely people. Correct. How can I give advice when I don't even know how to fix my own problems? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. And for him to be able to, to, to literally lay himself open like this, that's where I got it afterwards, like after he said how brutal it was and then watching it. Yeah. And then, like, reel it back in for myself. Say, okay, I just watched this. Could I do that? I feel like I'm real open about my struggles with most things, right? I've got secrets. Could I lay all my secrets out and let everybody in the world see them? Can I let everybody, you know, pay $15 to go see me talk about my struggles? Yeah. It'd be tough. One of the things you talked about right there, and I want to touch on it real quick, was atonement. And we got to, you and I and the other people that were part of that last Friday night, we had the ultimate pleasure of seeing them talk about it afterwards. Yeah, you know, they, they did, did a short little wrap-up thing. And yeah, they, Q&A. Yeah. And somebody asked him from the audience was, would you let your kids see this? And he gave a longer explanation, but basically his explanation was, yeah. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of this. Yeah. Now, for me, that said one major thing is that he's moved past the shame. He no longer, you know, shame and guilt and anybody who's been in any kind of uh, treatment or therapy or whatever, totally different things. He might feel bad about what happened, about what he did during those times and the actions that he had, but he's no longer shamed. He's no longer ashamed of himself because shame and guilt are different. You mm-hmm. you, you can do bad things, yeah. but you're not a bad person. Shame is when I, I'm a horrible person and I do bad things. That's saying to me, he's like, I'm not a horrible person because he's not. Let's let's be honest. He's not a horrible person. He just made some mistakes. He's 
fucking human. Yeah. Let's be honest. And that was a huge. <laughs> he's a real person. <laughs> he's a real person. There we go. Well, you put it that way. The PG version. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm just saying because people keep putting him on this pedestal. That he's this rock star. Yeah. He's, a, he's an icon. Oh my God, I love Justin Furstenfeld. Uh, and I'm, I know there are people out there that feel that way, and I, I don't mean to belittle that, but no, we're not. He is a real person. Yes. He he. Crystal says this, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he puts his <laughs> pants on one leg at a time, just like I do. There's nothing special. He just makes music. I think she said that to me last Friday yes, night. Yes, she says that after a lot. I talked to Ryan. She says that. <laughs> she says that a lot about any. Crystal's not starstruck in most cases. Yeah, that's why, why she makes yeah. it such a great. I'll call her my boss, but business partner <laughs> in, in what we do. Yeah. Um. I I don't think I get starstruck, but I am impressed by people who do things. Yeah. Right. She's not. She's like, okay, I bet you he can't make a, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, he can't take a picture the way I do or whatever. You know, everybody has a, a talent somewhere, right? His just happens to be that people have found it and everybody loves it. Great. Being ashamed of something, and, uh, that's a tough thing, like, to, though, to say, would you let your kids watch this? I don't, I don't think there's a part of this where he's done something so absolutely horrible, like I killed somebody or I no, did no. something like that. that having an, a, an addiction... And I, you know, I am specifically going to talk about addiction or alcoholism or something like that. I just saw something the other day, and, and I was watching a TV show, and it's about somebody who's a, a, a drug addict, and they're like, oh, it's hard to recognize unless you've been there yourself. And the guy was kind of like wink, wink, saying that he had been there himself, right? Um, that addiction now is, is looked at as a, a disease. Correct. And so... You know, if I'm fat and I have a disease that causes me to be fat or if I'm, you know, I've got skin issues. or Those are diseases, right? I can't help those things. You know, there are things I can do to be better, you know, eat better, whatever. But it's a disease. So for him to be able to say, you know, I let my kids see that. No, that's great, right? Because I'm not hiding out. If something happens to me, it's something I deal with. Being a drug addict and alcoholic is no different than also having mental illness, depression, bipolar, whatever mental issues are out there as well. And if you learn how to manage that, you can learn how to manage this. There should be no shame in saying to my kids, look, I went through this. If you look at how he reacts and thinks about the Any Man album. Yes. He, he specifically says, I'm not proud of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, fuck your family, fuck that judge, fuck you. You know, I, I wasn't proud. It's funny if you've been to the open book. He starts to talk about this, and inevitably, everyone people start clapping and cheering when he he's starts like, saying no, that. Yeah. He's like, wait, he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not proud of that. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't good. That was bad, right? Um, so so clearly he he did something. But do you know what's funny is if you went out when he released that album. In all the interviews, we're really proud of this album. It's yep. the most emotional. It's a change. And, at that point in his life, he was happy with that body of work. He he liked what he had put out. He felt they got his story out. He went back and looked at it and said, yeah, I wasn't a nice person. Would I want Blue to hear that album? Well, that's no. a whole other story. You know, yeah. Because, because she's going to. Well, I'm, if she hasn't already. But Well, yes. no, I, I'm just... You know, she's at some point in her life. At that time, when he put it out, she had right, but she's going to correct because there's this thing called the internet and it's all out there. I don't know if you noticed, but in the documentary, uh, there was a lot of blurring of faces of people and and there were names not used and and things like that. Uh, So obviously, there's still some things going on there. Correct. I know that that relationship is good. Uh, I've seen it myself. And when I was in Houston, I saw it. 
I don't know what can and can't be said from his side about that. Yeah. But obviously things look good. Uh, things look good with that relationship. Thank goodness. I mean, and yeah, yeah. and and, and I, I would think that he would be okay sharing that. I, as a person who's talking to him and him telling me he was he was like scared or you know like nervous, like he was visibly nervous. And then he seemed a lot more relaxed afterwards, after it was out and it was over, and everybody stood up and applauded and cheered and said how great he was and that kind of stuff. I I, I think that the fan base will really see a different insight to this. And what I think this will really do is humanize him a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. I think there are those people who idolize him and look at him as this like messiah almost. And this is going to say, wait a minute, I'm a real person. I'm a real boy, you know. I, 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 I <laughs> I'm a real boy. Yeah. No strings up. Yeah. yeah, like I'm this real person, you know. And I fell, uh-huh. and I fell hard, but I got back up. Yeah. Today, I don't have to fall apart, and I don't have to be afraid. You know, hence the name. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be for the fans. I don't think this is the kind of video you can show to your mom and dad and be like, this is why I like the band. Because I think outside people might look at it and be like, yeah. why do you like that? I think we can identify with it. I think we can we can say, hey, this is this resonates with me because I understand those struggles. But I don't think those are things that other people who haven't had those kind of struggles, who doesn't understand that struggle would necessarily think was good. I there's like me, right? Like I watch this video, I think it's great or the I keep calling it a video, this documentary, this film, whatever you want to call it, it's ninety minutes plus, hundred and twenty minutes or something. I mean, it was an hour and a half, two hours something. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how long. I, I, I want to say it was, it was between, very quick. It, it was over ninety minutes. <laughs> I, I know yeah. it was over ninety because Crystal had said something it's like ninety three minutes or something like that. And I said, well that's an hour and a half, which is like a standard movie nowadays. Sure. Um so it's a movie like it's not a video. And if you watch it on, you know, daytime or whatever <laughs> and they put commercials in two hours um, but I this is not something like for example my aunt I'm going to use my aunt as an example my aunt knows I like Blue October she's never probably even heard any of their music and she's not one of those people that's like a huge music fan like I could not even remember being at their house with music playing me there's always music playing I'm in the shower I got music playing I'm working in the car there's music playing you know I've got headphones on I'm listening to music I don't think I could play this video for her and be like, sit down and watch this. You'll get why I like him. No, I agree. You might, you're going to get a lot more insight into yeah. Justin Furstenfeld. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting you say that is because now I'm thinking back on it and I don't, maybe I was just way too tunnel visioned. I don't remember a lot of the music that was used, but I think that was because when the music would come on or be played in the background or whatever, and I'm, I'm sure there was music in there. You don't make a movie without music. It would be, it would be very dry, but I don't remember that part because I was so tunnel visioned on yeah, yeah. what is the next person going to yeah. say? Mm-hmm. What it, what it, what is Justin going to shed light on in this moment or thinking about where it was going to go? And I don't remember the music. Well, there was a lot of stuff like there was video from like argue with the tree and stuff that that was yep. used and the live from Texas yeah, and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like your show. A lot of times there was like little snippets of music used 
as transitions happened. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like listening to music. So again, like I would not play this for somebody and say like, watch this video. You'll understand why I like this band. Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't understand anything. You would be looking at this like this isn't about a band. It's about a guy and drug addiction and him coming to terms with that and his rise out of that to get sober and that kind of thing. So correct. I think this music, this this documentary will will resonate with the member the, the the fan base. I think this would be something that people striving for sobriety could watch which they talked about afterwards because interesting because i think that even if i didn't know who blue october was but or maybe just casually like oh yeah isn't that that, that hate me song yeah you know that's 99 percent of people that oh that hate me song right if they said oh i didn't know the lead singer had issues but i have issues i you know drink or do drugs or whatever and if somebody going through sobriety were to watch that video and say like oh wow so that guy who is like famous had those issues i'm having those issues and i'm not famous but we share that same kind of thing maybe for somebody like that it'd be it would be also good i i I just don't think this is the video for somebody who doesn't know who the band is like would you want your grandmother to see this (laughs) well well, yeah (laughs) grandma come watch this cool movie (laughs) what (laughs) it it, like i said again i don't I, i completely agree with you would not be a great insight into the band into why the music strikes so much. Yeah. I think it would be... It's less about music and more about the struggle. Correct. It's more about him. Yeah. It's all about him. Yeah, it, it, well, you know? this should be called Justin Furstenfeld, Get Back Up. Well, yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory no, way. No, no, not at all. I mean, to, to, to kind of separate Blue October from Justin. Correct. I think there are so many people out there who use Blue October, but mean Justin. It's one of the <laughs> things I struggle with on this show is because we're talking about these issues... And, you know, we get to talking about the music, of course, and then a lot of the music is based, at, well, all of the music is based on his experiences, or it's all his lyrics, his writing. Some of it's now newer, and it's not so much his experience, but he's writing yeah. from other perspectives. Yeah. But the point being is, they are different things. Yeah, yeah. There's Justin's story, and then there's Blue October's music. I think that there people will get a good insight into him. Mm-hmm. They don't actually say the names of things, but there's that part in there where he's talking about, like, I went to work in the morning on a psych ward and then got this phone call, and then, you know, 12 hours later, I'm a patient yeah. <laughs> on a psych ward, and it was my friend. Like, we don't hear the word James. We don't hear him talk about anybody names, but, you know, for somebody who knows the band and, and has heard that story, maybe there are people out there who don't know that story. Maybe there are people out there who I didn't, didn't know, know that story. I see. No. I did. I did. Yeah, and I didn't there know people out there who didn't know that Justin ha- actually used to work in a pediatric. Did not board. know that. Yeah, nope. he, he actually used to work in this, and he was at work, and he got this phone call and found out that his at that time girlfriend has been cheating on him with his friend, <laughs> and that's where the James came from. I think that some people might be able to to kind of get some, where some of the ideas of songs and things came sure. from. He talks about blue, not. His daughter, but um, the writer. Blue Miller. Yeah. Yes. And he talks about Ryu with him and mm-hmm. how he was able to help him get away from those, you know, 15-minute, 14-minute <laughs> songs, like, songs yeah. and, and turn them into yeah. radio-able, you know, four-minute songs. Yeah. To his ability to, 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 to craft music. And I think that people will get maybe some more insights into where songs come from. If you get uh, the crazy-making books, 
and you read some of those liner notes, you kind of get an idea. And that's if you read that about James particularly, you, you understand that he wrote that because he found out that his friend had been cheating on him with his girlfriend, or his girlfriend had been cheating on him with his friend. But he talks about that in this documentary. So I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that will come out for people in there. Again, I know this has been a really long time, and people have been waiting for this. And just know that at the end of this, if you're a fan and you've been waiting for it, 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 it will be worth it. I mean, there is definitely things. Clearly, I'm a bigger fan than my wife is. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad way. No, she just was not, not a big fan before we got together. Yeah. So, and she is, I believe that she has more understanding. I don't want to say appreciation, but I want to say understanding for Justin and therefore the band. And mostly for the band because of putting up with Justin, <laughs> um, and and so therefore she has a better appreciation of the band because of the, of what she saw in this. Yeah. So like I said, if you're a fan now, you might have a better appreciation. Maybe not a better understanding. Maybe not more appreciate, but a better understanding of kind of the dynamics of everything that happened. The whole thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful document. It was very well made. Uh, Nori Nevis did a great job. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's and, what and I was his team. Say. I know there's a bunch of other people that they they referenced, but yeah, there was a few of them there. I didn't realize that the the, the two guys that were filming it had were kind of there all along. What you mean throughout the six years? Yeah, yeah. remember he was saying that the 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 one guy at the end was like, "Oh yeah, I shot that those guys one time a long time ago." Oh yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. Because they. Well, that's kind of where this whole idea came from is Nori had seen a video of him mm-hmm. and just, I want to make, like, I, I want to make a movie about that. Like, that's an it's, amazing story. I would like story. to know about him because, like, it, it, he does not, and again, I don't know Nori personally, but he's a, he seems to be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to know his story. Like, why Blue October? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'd be a, a great interview with him, actually. Maybe that would be, like, one of those, those DVD uh, extras, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, and, and you and I both uh, talked to him a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Very approachable guy, yeah. super personable, just... He was very proud of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's gr- the documentary was good. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to laud and oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. Uh, but it, it was definitely good. I don't want to call myself an Uber fan, uh, but, you know, I've been around for a while. And I, I know a lot of what goes has happened in, in, in kind of what's going on. And, and I did learn stuff. Yeah. And that's that's my big takeaways. Even somebody who thinks they know everything, there's still stuff that you might learn. You know? Correct. And that's what I want people to know about it. Yeah. And just seeing it and hearing it, like you said, from a not only correct, Justin's perspective, but the other's perspectives. And let's kind of wrap up on what they talked about as far as what we can expect, when we can expect. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. that's, the, that's the biggest takeaway because that's, that's big. when's it coming out? When's it going to screen? When, when can yeah. I see it? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not done. We know that. And one of the things that this documentary has, we, we know it's been six years already. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be another six years. No, no, no. But, I mean, I don't know that it's going to be out anytime soon. My guess just from seeing trends, we are in a, uh, right now we're in a period where there is a tour going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're, we're in this tour. I think once this tour ends, I think that will come out. This tour is, you mean the tour that just started two nights ago? Yes. I, I, think, I don't even know what this new one is being called now. Well, whatever it is, what's what's happening now, you and I have talked about are we this. still on the King Tour? I, I think it's King Part 2. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go But, with but that. what I'm saying is, it, historically, here's how it's worked, right? So they start a Kickstarter for a new song. 
they, you know, Justin does his open book thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he kind of does that and puts out a quick CD. Then the actual album drops. They go on tour. They come off tour. Justin goes out, does another open book, kind of goes out on his own for a little bit. And then they start another album. Yeah. And then back to So tour. right now we're on that tour, right? Yeah. So the next thing is a quick drop. Something that doesn't take a lot of work, right? This this is almost done. They come out with this. It goes up. They, you know, fans buy it. That helps fund the next album. That's kind of the, the how things have happened. And so I kind of see this as a a, a, a a quick way for them to get ready for that next album. Right? Yeah, so we might see this within six months. That's what year. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you'll see it. Usually they wrap up tour like around Christmas. Right at the end yeah. of the year. Yep. Well, he always wants to be home. Yeah. Well, not only do they want to like be home, but also that just you know, and then they kind of take a little bit of time off. Yes. And then they went to Europe, or then they start another tour, or he mm-hmm. goes on an open book. So I think at the end of this year, uh, usually something happens now, and they'll kind of die out for a little bit, and then we'll have like some open booky stuff, and then you know they'll maybe go back out. I think this will be done probably. So we're where are we at now? We're in April. Uh, so I my don't know. Yeah, we're in April right now. <laughs> yeah. For like a few more days. End of April. Yeah. Yep. So my guess is you'll see this within six months. That'd be a great timing. Put it right put it out. I, right I think it'll come holidays. out. Yeah, I think it'll come out. I think that I hesitate to say this only because I know that it's that people paid money for this, is that I I think that they would probably start a pre order or something at some point. Just like they do with the albums. Do you think? Well, th- that's that's going to be determined by whoever it is. And and Nori talked about it at those. And I don't know who owns this. Correct. Wh- who owns it and the distribution? Because Are they it's not just it in theaters. Like, is it going to go to theaters? Are they, they just going to put it to Somebody did DVD? ask that. Yeah. Um. And I don't know if this is going to be. Well, they didn't answer <laughs> it. They can't. Well, they don't know yet. Yeah. Um. But I, I I'm going to climb a limb as me saying this is not a. It's going to be across every theater, every AMC. This might be an art house thing. I think more, if anything, this is going to be a direct DVD. Maybe like a. Does VH1 still do music? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have cable. <laughs> Maybe VH1. I don't know. I, 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 from what I hear, MPB doesn't do music anymore. Yeah. I don't know. That's what um, I hear as well. <laughs> uh, this is not cable friendly. Oh right? no, no! I, I don't. And, and I don't yeah. mean that. It's not good. It's just they're swearing and, and, and the, he, in the context. Yeah, of the they joked about that too. Like yeah. he, he gave Ryan shit for yeah. saying all the f bombs. Yes, Uncle Ryan was the one yeah. saying all that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you mute a lot of that, I think you lose a lot of effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so what I'm just saying is, I don't think that this can be played on TV. Yeah. Well, certainly not over the airways. Yeah. You play it on cable. I mean, this might Sundance, be. Something. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, this might be like a. I don't know that Netflix because they didn't produce this. So I don't know if they're gonna pick it up. Or, yeah. Or, or something like that. Uh, for any kind of wide distribution. Yeah. Obviously, as a fan, I want their this to be successful for them. Correct. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think this becomes a a DVD that Blue October sells. That might be. And you know, this is the opportunity to sell it at shows and to sell it on the the what is it the bandware site or whatever. Yeah. You know, again, this is not Justin making a movie about himself. This is somebody else making a movie about him. So it's not that he can just say, "Okay, we're gonna pre- I'm gonna drop this whenever I want." Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know how all that stuff, the the rights, and yeah. exclusivity, and because those they they still have to do marketing. They, I mean, yes. there's all kinds of stuff that have to be done. So they they were very aloof about any of that because I think that even them, they are still. You know, like we said, there's still work to be done on it. Well, yeah, wh- you, you can't. Mo- that's putting you know the horse in front of the cart, cart mm-hmm. in front of the horse. 
I don't know how that's the horse. Yes. Yeah. Because that would be weird. Because I. Yeah. It's putting one step way in front of the other. Yeah. uh, Before you. We have to finish before we actually release it. You don't have a product (laughs) yet. And a lot of times though, they'll they'll get to the point where they're like, okay, ninety five percent done. You can start to do this other stuff, and then they'll just tweak little things. As they go along, because I imagine one of these things you could just. Keep going on it until you well, thought it was like, perfect, well, and, and they, it's never they, perfect. But they even said that they, they yeah. started off yeah, making a documentary, and it became so much more yes. because of the work they did to put it together. Yeah, so, I don't know what more you're going to add to it. That's my. Question I mean, I don't is. know if like the idea originally was like we'll put together like uh, an hour long thing or a, a half hour long video, yeah. and this video became a movie or something. I mean, I it's kind of vague on how that happens, but. Now it's there, and it's this this whole thing, and I don't know that any of it would make sense without the other parts of it. I Correct. think it had to be what it is in order to give the story that it gave. Yes. I think that's the final thought is, uh, you know, it's it's in a fantastic format as it is now. If they make corrections to it that make it better, I will be super excited and number two right behind you to buy it or to get it and to watch it again. You know, we'll have a... We'll have a barbecue and a screening, man. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get one of those big blow up outdoor yeah. drive-in. <laughs> we'll just we'll just. Yeah, throw what's it really on. funny is it's like you say stuff like that, and like we were talking about the Granada Theater, right? Because yeah. you and I had gone to a show there. Yeah, I was thinking to myself the other day, man, would it be cool to like rent this old cool theater out and oh, have man. a screen in the theater? That's a like great that. idea. You know, yeah, you could do something like that. I don't know that we could do that, but you know, well, they but, could. But, but going back to where it's going to be released, I think that's really the venues, the art houses. I think yeah. that's where this would do well. Yeah, because that way it could bring out those pockets of fans wherever. Yeah, um, like uh, I talked about the Theater of Living Arts earlier, and that's in Philadelphia. And that would be a great little venue like this, and I could see it. Stubbs in Austin, you know, they've got an indoor area downstairs. I could uh, all these little venues that would be so cool for this release of that, and all the fans who would get together. Because one of the things we know, you know, particularly with the with the podcast, is that we all have this kind of cord, you know, that links us all together and to come together and kind of experience that. That was cool for us, right? Because you were there, I was there, a lot of the other people that have been on the Sway uh, show were there. Yeah. Other fans that we, you know, I know, were there, so we all got to experience this together as opposed to being in my house watching the, you know, on my TV and you at your place watching on your TV or somebody watching on their iPad or whatever. We were all be able to do it together and then this, what you and I are doing, talking about it. Yes, exactly. So The, the emotion that was in that theater that night was... Uh, palatable know, it, it was even it was afterwards everybody kind of stood around and talked afterwards about it and, yeah. and nobody you know, wanted to leave and think about it, well i'm the guy that when we walk out the first thing out as soon as i walk out i was like so what'd you think yeah you exactly <laughs> my wife's like i have to think about it for a while you know and like <laughs> she's got a process yeah like i gotta so you know afterwards but everybody wanted to talk about it, but nobody knew what to say yeah yeah they're like wow <sighs> you know like mouth open you're like ah it's great yeah so yeah I don't. I don't know any other particular things. People want to know if CB was in it, and he was. People wanted to know if you know when it's gonna be released, or people wanted to know was there music in it? Was you know was this? Was that? Yeah. People wanted to know. Did you see me in it? <laughs> like I, I got people like, did you see me in it? <laughs> no, uh. I didn't. In fact, it was weird because there's that at the end they they like threw up people yes. up there, and yeah. I'm like, not that I know everybody because I don't. But I'm friends with a lot of people, and I'm in a lot of blue. Electric. I didn't know any of them. I did actually recognize a couple of people. Did from you? That. I, I yeah. didn't. I, I was just yeah. again, like you and you and I had this conversation. People come in like, "Hey, are you Jason?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, "We're friends." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Who are you?" Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel bad because I am friends with a lot of people on Facebook, and I don't know everybody. I have a recognizable look. 
Definitely. <laughs> right? The, big beard the beard, the, the hair, hair, the glasses. Yeah. No, I have a look. People are like, oh, I, I think I've seen you. And people know my work or whatever. And, and I, it, so I thought it was weird they did that, that they put the fans up there and like that. I've always watched the um, uh, Argue with the Tree DVD mm-hmm. and the people in the in the line in the beginning yeah, when they're the the interviewing. I'm like, where are those people now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Great question. That'd yeah. be cool. Like, yeah. If you're listening and you were in that... Yeah, get in touch with me. Yeah, I want to talk to you. Yeah, I think it was cool because you know it's so long ago, and then you see that. I will have to say my the, my my favorite part of the documentary though is really that old stuff they showed. Yeah, like yeah, the, 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 the beginning. Yeah, you know, like the Last Wish stuff and and, yeah. and that, and kind of talking a little bit about how the band got together. For people who didn't know that Matt was always there, there are people who don't know that, you know, mm-hmm. and about them bringing Matt down and Matt being, hey, can we talk about me for a minute? You know, like that kind of stuff. Like Matt doesn't come across like that in person, but like to see to see that, that was kind of cool to, to see how he came involved and, and what Matt brings to the band. I don't know if you knew this or if most people know this, that when Jeremy got into the band, he didn't even play drums. Correct. Yeah, that was... Uh, I knew I that. Not, like, I, I had known that. that, and that he was just kind of hanging around, and that they, they kind of taught him, like, basic timing, and that he then picked it up, and now is an accomplished drummer, mm-hmm. right? I knew this already, but it was interesting to hear that story, and for him to talk about the story, and stuff like that, so it's kind of cool to hear that. It was really cool to see those old pictures of Ryan. I've seen a lot of old pictures of Ryan with the horns and stuff like that, and some of those high school pictures. Yeah. Uh, and what he looked like back then. Um... I think it's interesting too that to see that Justin came from a normal place. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. And like when in talking with his parents, yes, and then with Jeremy Moore, you got a true sense of that. You know, like I, 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 there are people normal. out there that probably think like, oh my god, he must have lived this tortured and horrible life. And no, but like, he he's talked about that. Like yeah, he didn't. well, but but I still think there a lot might of be some people who that. think that you know who don't know about the back. But him talking about going to the the high school for performing arts and how important that was and what a great decision that was for him and him. Uh, there was a movie that that you can find out there that Justin was in. Yeah, was uh, Bloom. I can't remember Bloomers. Yeah, late Bloomers. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Late Bloomers. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think that's what he's it's called. barely in there. Yeah, but, but of course you know I had to go find that movie. Oh my god, it took me forever, and I finally found that and I watched he gets it. Gets asked it's, to change his shirt. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And, and then there might be him with like at this funeral scene or yeah. something, and he's just standing there. Yeah, but but you know, but yeah, I, I remember years ago, like I had to go find that, and then like, oh, okay, so he's not really in it; he's just there. Yeah, he's. <laughs> anyway, so this is a real role. movie with him in it. So now he'll be in IMDb. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for doing this. I thought this was a great idea. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of insight into this. So when this documentary does come out, make sure you go grab it. Find a way to watch it. You know, I'm sure I'll have more on the Facebook page, uh, Instagram, and all that stuff when we do finally get some more information on it. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Jason. Uh, make sure you follow the Just Way Facebook page and Instagram or Twitter. Uh, just search for Just blah, blah, blah. Just, just search for Just Sway. That's very <laughs> difficult to say. I'm not going to edit that. I'll just leave that in there because that's what this episode is kind of all about. I mean, we're at a McDonald's. We heard the mop go by like what three times. How many times did people... <laughs> I didn't even know McDonald's bathrooms got clean that often. <laughs> That's because we're right next to the bathroom. Right. But yeah, thanks again for doing this. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Everyone, thanks for listening. And until the next time you hear my voice, keep graceful dancing. And you're a superstar on your own. And I'm looking over your shoulder, getting older. And God only knows. Hey. Stop.